Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. guys for that warm welcome and thank you Manny for your words and yes I do believe God sent us here and uh, with a great purpose and for such a time as this and uh, I believe we are in a key time in a key moment in human history in which God needs America in the game again (laughs) and uh, sorry for saying it without you know or to say it just so directly, but I do believe God is needing America in the game again. And uh, that's what I believe this, this series that we are starting, that we started last weekend, and that we are going to continue for a couple of more weeks is so key and is so powerful. And there is a saying, there is a phrase that I listened many times, Pastor Edgardo Pena from Colombia saying it, and I believe it's a powerful sentence where he used to say, without identity, there is not sense of purpose. Without sense of purpose, there is not depth in commitment. And I believe this, those three go together, you know, identity, purpose, commitment. If you don't know who you are, Pretty much anything that happens in life is so random. So you are like just a sheep in the sea, you know, letting the waves just take you everywhere or anywhere. But if you know who you are, then you know what you are here for, so you will commit with it. So many times when you see people lacking commitment, the truth is there is some broken parts in identity. And that's what I believe this message is so powerful and it has all, do, all, all to do with us in this time. There is a Bible verse that I want to use to open this time of ministry. And it is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. Hebrews 11, verse 21. It says, by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much because your word does not return void to you. Your word always accomplishes what is in your heart. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share these thoughts and my heart with your children here today. Father, thank you because my brothers and sisters, they are such a good soil and your word is such a good seed. So I believe you are going to have a a really good harvest out of what you are going to tell us today. Thank you for putting the right words in my my mouth, the right accent too, and help me to have the right heart so I can speak in the the same way you would and not just in another way, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. This is so powerful, this verse that I read it to you because 
if you are not familiarized with chapter 11 of, of Hebrews, it is like the Hall of Fame of the whole Bible about faith. It's the Hall of Fame of faith. So you have the most powerful men and women of God in that chapter, and they are displayed there talking about the great things that they did out of faith. And when you start to study in the life of Jacob, you will find out that this guy was just a regular guy and probably an evil guy sometimes, you know. <laughs> he had some tendencies. He liked to scam his blind father and try to rob his, you know, twin brother. And so he, 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 he was kind of not good. <laughs> But the good thing about his life, when you start studying about his life, is that he had a powerful encounter with an angel once. And he fought, you know, face to face with an angel. And he got the privilege to be alive after it. So if I were the one reading, writing, sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, probably I will, if I speak about Jacob, I will speak about him fighting with the angel. But the powerful thing is that he was chosen to be in this chapter just because he was able to sit at his bed at the end of his time and prophesy over his grandchildren and his own sons and his own children. He was able to see what was to come over them and the destiny and purpose over their lives. And he did it by faith. Faith. So he will be. He will always be remembered as one father that was able to connect prophetically with God and declare purpose into the life of the, of his own children. Wow! Wow! For me, this is so powerful. I'm I'm so moved by this because you know in a, in in our society today we have the tendency to believe. That our children are here because of us. But what if God always have, you know, like a different mindset. And we, got, we, we get the opportunity to be here just because of our children. I will let you think a little bit. <laughs> just consider it. Because God has prophesied since the beginning of times that he will have one generation. That there is going to be one day, one generation. Come on. Think it. Are you with me here? Am I alone today here? Are you, are you with me? You know, I'm Colombian. I'm from, you know, a, a country that is a little bit louder than you guys. And I respect your silence type. I believe, no, I believe it is part of God. God has given into your culture and your nation. But I will need you to try to pair with me here. So something I will say something like, hey, man, or wow, or something like that. You know, hey, there you go, Kali. <laughs> what if we have the opportunity to be, to, to be here and experience life just because of our children? What if God has a purpose over their lives that ultrapasses the purposes that we have been able to reach? What if God just wants us to start believing for them in the same way he believes over them? What if we just kind of stop just being complaining about their hard attitudes and, 
I don't know, their fights or their struggles and fears. And we start to realize about a purpose and identity that they carry, that they are able just to link on it, to plug on it. It's so much power will be unleashed in this earth that this earth is needed in such a generation as that, as that generation that has been prophesied by the Lord. Because he said that one day will be one generation and he will raise up a people of all tribe, nation, tongue. And this generation will cause this earth to experience a revival mankind history has never experienced before. So the truth is probably God is still waiting that generation to come. And our children they probably had the opportunity to be part of it. And it's so powerful that Jacob is in this chapter just because he was able to see the destiny over his children and declare the destiny over his children and his grandchildren. Because when you speak what is God's intention to your children, you actually are showing them the heart of God for them. And you get the opportunity to be a good father. Not just someone giving natural life, but one opening the doors for the spiritual life to be carried on. But that's a whole other message. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited about this because I believe your children have so much purpose, so much destiny, and so much power. And I just want to encourage you guys to start walking in faith like Jacob did. It's not just about how mighty you are being able to fight face-to-face -face with an angel. It's about how tender your heart is in order to know what is going on with your children in spite of what they are living today. And declare it. And declare it. And declare it. And by faith, even without seeing it, being able to trust that one day you will have that harvest. Selah. So. Yeah, let's give Jesus an applause. He deserves this. He's so good about parenting. Thank you, Lord. Love you guys. God, you know, in, in Bible times, a name was not just a name. In our culture today, even in Colombia, a name sometimes is given to our children just because we like how it sounds. And that's, that's terrible sometimes, you know, especially when there is... Uh, movie <laughs> out of a series that somebody like, and they, then all that generation end up with the name of the main character of that series or things like that. Uh, sometimes we just name our children out of someone in our own family that we want to be give some honor to, you know. So our children, all of them, end up with the names of their grandparents, and and it's it's good. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but during during. But the Bible times, the names carried the identity or the purpose of a person. So when somebody was naming his son or his daughter, they were trying to realize, okay, this is the purpose. This is the identity. This human being is going to carry it for all his life. And they named it, the son or the daughter, after something they were feeling is going to be really a, a, a main characteristics over their life. And one of the things that I found really beautiful about it is that in Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you can see God very often changing names. It's, it's like he likes nicknames, you know. 
He's like, okay, Jacob, uh, you are uh, somebody who likes to come, to steal, to, okay, that's, that's your name. I'm going to change it for Israel. What about that? That means you are a prince. Oh, way, way better. You know, Abram, okay, I'm going to name you now Abraham, you know. And so Jesus, Jesus is like Simon, you know, like a bamboo that is moved by the wind. No, you are not anymore Simon. Now you are Peter, a rock. You are stable. You are not going to be moved by circumstances. Or Saul, no, you are not going to be Saul. From now on, you are going to be Paul. And he says in Revelations that God has a white stone with a name for each one of us. He really knows who you are. He really knows what is your purpose. And talking about this, I want to focus just for a couple of minutes in the life of John of the Baptist. Because it's really powerful what happens with him. With John of the Baptist, you can see how many times God was talking about him the same things. Everything starts, for example, with the message of the angel Gabriel. And you can see that in Luke chapter 1, verses 13 to 17. And then verses 63 to 65. And then verses 76 to 79. Yeah, that's the homework. And leave it there so you can read it at home. Because we don't have enough time here. But then you can see also how his father, Zachariah, Later on, when his baby was born, he finally aligned with those prophecies and he was able to speak over his son the same destiny, the same name, the same purpose. You see it in Luke chapter 3, verse 6. And then you see John himself in the Gospel of John, verses 1, 19 to 23, talking exactly the same thing that the angel spoke to his father and his father declared over him about himself. What am I saying this? Because this is so beautiful and it's so powerful. Because probably you are not aware about the life of Zachariah. He was, uh, he was married with Elizabeth. And she was barren. She couldn't have any children. And they were already an old couple. And it was probably the last chance for him to ministry in the Holy of Holies. He was a priest. And he was entering to the temple, and when he was bringing the offering, he had this amazing experience in, in which an angel just appears before him, the angel Gabriel, and said, hey, you know, your wife is going to be pregnant. And he was like, wow, is that so? We've been trying, you know, believe me, we've been trying, and nothing happened. And the angel was like, yeah, she's going to be pregnant. And when that happens... You are going to name your child John because he's going to be the voice. He's going to be the one that is going to prepare the way so the Messiah can come, can, can just appear and minister. And he was so impacted by what the vision he was having, but he couldn't believe. And he said, okay, give me a sign for this. I, I need a sign. And the angel, the angel said something really powerful. He said, you know what? This is the sign. You are going to be mute. <laughs> you are not going to be able to speak until this happens. So it is, it is, I see a principle here. When you are not able to connect with God's heart for your children, he won't let your voice to be connected with, it, with their hearts. 
he will do this. Because in, in a way, it is like God saying this to, to us today. If you have nothing good to say over them, don't say anything at all. Don't just ruin what I have for them. So he was mute. He couldn't speak. And how you know the story, she was pregnant. And later on when his child was born and everybody was excited about him being father finally. Everybody wanted the child to carry his name, you know, to be called Zachariah too. Zachariah Jr. And he was like, no, 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 trying to make himself understandable. Nobody could understand what he was trying to uh, communicate. So he asked for some play, something to write on. And he, he wrote it, no, his name will be John. Because that's what the angels say. His name will be John. Everybody was so uh, surprised about John. There is no John in, fam in the family. You are a Zachariah. You are a priest. That's, that's actually part of the meaning of Zachariah, priest. So you are a Zachariah. You are a priest. Your, your child is going to be a priest. You know, we, your, your grandfather has been a lawyer. Your, the father is a lawyer. The son must be a lawyer. And suddenly God says, no, your grandson has been a lawyer. Your father has been a lawyer. Your son is going to be a musician. Yeah, that's so God, you know. God has different ways for our children, and sometimes we need to honor who they are and not the business we've been building for generations. I leave it over here, and I move over here. <clears throat> His name is John, and everybody was like, a John? There's not a priest John. No, 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 he's not a priest. He's a prophet. He, has, he carries a different anointing. He has a different call. And he has been called for his generation. And we need to understand what is the call over our children. Because believe me, this generation is not like ours. They are going faster. They are going higher. They are using different technologies. And they are struggling, facing different giants. And we need to start knowing their identity or we are going to leave them without powerful tools in order to face the giants they are going to face. So when Zechariah was able to agree with God, his mouth was open again and he was able to speak destiny over the life of his children. Then when you see John in the future, when the Pharisees came close to him asking about who he was and why he was doing what he was doing, meaning his purpose, he was able to answer the same words of the angel and the same words of his father. Do you know what I think he was able to speak this exactly the same words? Because I believe that time when his father wrote his name and he spoke this destiny over his son's life was not the only time when he did it. I believe it every time John messed it up, you know, or did something that he shouldn't, that was not according to his call. His father and his mother were always close, running close to him and say, you shouldn't because you are the voice and you are going to do this and you are going to do that. And, uh, but all the kids are doing it. Yes, but they don't have the call that you have. But everybody is enjoying it. Yes, but you are not going to join it because you have a higher purpose, a higher call. That's why we don't cut your hair. That's why you don't drink this. That's what, you know, it was not a religious task. It was bound to an identity 
that her parents used to confess over his life once and once and once again. So when the time came and he was facing the biggest judgments of his era, he was able to speak of identity, something he knew for sure because his parents were time by time declaring over him. I know you all know about this, but we need to remember this today. Because there is a generation that is struggling in America today. And parents, they need to return to the source to discover finally who their children are. And they start getting agreement and speak the same thing. So probably we, we get the opportunity to be beside Jacob in the list of men of faith. Declaring over our children what God is declaring. And the, 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 the powerful thing here is that one day when John was so good, his ministry was just going high, going high, going high. The Pharisees started going after him, wanting to know what, what was different about him. And when they get close to him, they started asking, hey, are you Jeremiah? Are you Elijah? Are, are you one of the old-time prophets? And he was like, no. Okay, are you the prophet? No. Okay, are you the Messiah? No. One of the powerful things, the most powerful things for you, for me, and for our children is that when you get to know who you are, you experience the amazing freedom to know who you are not. And that's so important. Just think it for a little bit. To know who you are not is such a powerful need today. No, I don't, know, I don't need to do this because I am not that. No, 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 I, I, don't, I don't need to go there because I haven't been called to be there. No, I don't need to please them because I haven't been called to them. I, you know, it's so, there is so much freedom in such a small word such as no. No. And, and so many times I believe if you can track back the worst mistakes in your life, they will all <laughs> be linked into a moment in, in, in which you shouldn't say no. And you just say yes. The power of no comes from knowing who you are. And we need to teach our children and the next generations how to say no. But we are not going to be able to teach them if we don't know it for ourselves. There is a big no that we need to carry today in our daily basis. We need to say no to what, you know, the, the social media wants to just <laughs> push us to. And, and, and what the culture is asking for us, so many times we just have to say, you know, I'm not that one. And I'm neither that one. And I don't agree with it. Are you Republican? Whatever. Are you, what, you know? No, <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. And I don't need to be part of that polarized, you know, struggle or fight. No, no, no. That one? No. So what do you say about yourself? Finally, they ask. Because that is going to happen always. People is going to ask you, what, what, what about you, man? Because I see that you don't fit in any box. 
And that messes up with me. Because you need to be somewhere in order. And when you are out of our order, you, we, we, we start feeling uncomfortable. So what do you say about yourself? And that, that's so beautiful but because when they ask him, what are you saying about yourself? He knew what to answer. He knew what to answer. There is always a moment in life in which the circumstances and the people around is going to ask you, what, what do you say about yourself? And you better know what to answer. There is a time coming in which our children are going to experience the same question. What do you say about yourself? You better speak destiny over them. You better speak purpose. You better speak peace. You better speak a direction, a north star, so they can just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking by faith toward that direction. And when that question comes, he was, he was able to answer. He had the answers. And they say, what do you speak about yourself? And he say, okay, you know what? That, that I can answer. I am the voice. I am the voice. I am the voice. We are so tied with time that we forget that we have an eternal call. We're so, you know, full of our daily things and our growing stages, our, you know, cycles of life that we forget that we have been called for eternity. And there are not cycles in eternity. There are not seasons in eternity. There are not, you know, times for this, times for that. In eternity, eternity is fullness, is, 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 is him feeling everything in everything, and we have been called to that. So I just want to give you a small advice here. If you are in a search for identity, so you know what is your purpose, do not base your identity in temporary things. Try always to, to, to look and to focus in an eternal call. Because it was easy for John the Baptist to just say, you know, I am the prophet. Because he was a prophet. It was really simple for him to relate, to relate in, his in his life to what he was doing. But in God, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And who you are end up, you know, providing what you do. But it's so key for you to know who you are. Who you are. And who you are doesn't necessary had to do with what you are doing. Because so, sometimes we end up doing in life just things we need to do in order to provide. But God's call sometimes is higher to, from what you do. That's why he just calls Peter out of being a fisherman and says, no, that, now you're going to be my disciple. How are we going to eat? I will show you in the way, you know. That's, that's so important. And he, he could say, I am the prophet. But when he answers, he say, I am the voice. I am the voice. Because according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, prophesy will pass. God does not need apostles in eternity. So if you are building your life around being an apostle, let me tell you, that's not good enough. He's not going to need prophets in eternity. He's not going to need preachers in eternity. I'm not going to be doing this in eternity. So this is not my identity. This is not who I am. I know who I am. And he said, I'm not a prophet. I am a voice. And he knew it. I can be a voice for eternity. I know who I am. 
God has called me to be a voice too. And I can be a voice in eternity. He has called me to be a hammer. He, he, one day he said, hey, Tattoo, I'm choosing you as a hammer. And I perfect. I like that one. I can be a hammer for eternity too. Anytime you need something to hit, here am I, you know. Every time you need something to put in order, here am I. I can do it. I will love to do it. Just show me how you like hammers to be, and I will be like that. He said once to me, you are a burning bush. And I say, perfect. I can just burn for you for eternity. I don't need nothing else. I can burn. You can burn in me. And I, I am a bush. I'm not even, you know, a pine or a cedar. I don't need to be a, a vineyard. I don't need to be an olive. I'm perfect being a bush, a regular bush, a normal bush, a plenty bush. That's what I am. But the good thing is I'm burning and I'm not getting consumed. And that's the difference when you know who you are. You burn. You don't get consumed. And people start, that's something weird about that preacher. That's, he's not a preacher, a normal preacher, like a Sunday regular preacher. Give me back my Sunday regular preacher, please. No, sorry, today you're stuck with me. Because this is so good about what, what God is doing with you, he's just knocking at the door and saying, hey, can't you just look a little bit beyond time into the eternity and try to figure out what I want to you for eternity? Because I, ha I have called you as my wife. I have called you as my son. I have called you as my daughter. I have called you as my people. I have called you as my beloved. And there is so much more there than just be trying to be a good person, a nice citizen. <laughs> oh my goodness me I can, I can just go on and time is passing and I don't want to keep, keep you guys here trying to understand what, I, what I, I'm trying to express here because I know you know in your heart and this is bearing witness in you God just wants you once again to just pause for a little bit and look into eternity and try to find yourself there who are you who are you? Then you are going to discover what are you here for? What are you here for? Because at the end, we all are needing one thing, for you to be committed with it. For you to take responsibility for who you are. And stop blaming the circumstances. Stop, stop, stop blaming the lack of money, the lack of love, the lack of this, the lack of that. And start taking responsibility. Bible is full of people that suffer a lot of lacks, lacks of love, <laughs> lacks of money, lacks of respect, lacks of being considered by his brothers and sisters or being taken care of. It is time for us to stop looking at the lack and stop, start looking to eternity for our identity and commit ourselves with it. This community needs you to commit yourself with your identity. We're not here playing to have a Sunday service every morning. We're here believing that we can advance the kingdom of God. And we believe that this is important for that to happen. But this is not all. This is not even 50%. <laughs> this is such a small part in everything we, are, we have been called to go forth. And God 
put us all together because he believes that Renove is a bridge for the nations of the earth and is a centerpiece of the revival he wants to bring to Austin. And you need to start believing what God has spoken over you as a church and over you as a people. Because God says Renove is a center of revival and a bridge uh, into the nations. And you're here like, uh, now. So in one sense, one of us is lying. Or God is lying or I am lying. And I already know the answer of this. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, always, always God be true. Men are all liars. So I'm not, I'm not, I am the liar and he is talking truthful things. So there are certain ways, uh, practical ways that I want to encourage you to look for identity for you, but also for your children. The, the ones behind, the, the other behind, not, not that one, the other one, the, the other one. First, the witness of your parents. This is, this is so powerful. Okay, that one, that, leave that one. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. The one of Jonah, the one that you put over there, it is so good. Come on, you can, you can be there. Oh, no, that was, that was at the end, but it's okay. It says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Hopa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Basically, when you are running away from the call that God has for you, you are trying to run away from his presence. When you are giving your back to that identity, you actually are saying, you know, I don't need your presence. I don't, be, I don't want to be around you. The witness of your parents, physical, spiritual parents, that will give you also a key of what is your identity. The witness of the scriptures. This is really good, really a good one that I want to encourage you to look for. If you haven't done it, try to do it this week or in this next month. Try to do it. The witness of the scriptures. Because when they, uh, they were asking John the Baptist about who, what do you say about yourself, who you are? He was able to speak about Isaiah 43 to 5. I believe there is a Bible verse for you. I'm, I'm sorry if you don't believe the same, but I do believe there is a Bible verse that one day when you are reading it, you will do, the Holy Spirit is going to stir something inside of you that you are going to be able to say like, wow, it is like that verse or that chapter started like dear Tato. Da -da 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 -da. Wow, this is for me. So you need the witness of your parents Spiritual or physical, you need the witness of the, of, the, of the scriptures. And you need God's confirmation or revelation. That's what happened in Matthew 16. When Jesus was able to speak identity over Peter. And for you to have that confirmation, you need to be close. Close to Jesus. Can't you just stand up? I will ask Raymond and the worship team if you can come over here. Remember, the witness of your parents, the witness of the scriptures, 
the witness of God. Practical ways to do it. First one, first one. Ask your parents. Just ask your parents. Biological parents and spiritual parents. Just come close and ask them. And if you are a father and you haven't been able to look for this type of horizon, this, this type of target for your children, your own children, you better start now looking for what, what, what are you saying about my children? What are you saying about them? And uh, one easy way to find it out is try to be aware about their favorite sin. Because normally the enemy is always going to fight against identity. And uh, it, is, it, is, it, is the, it is obvious, you know. Nobody's going to give you a counterfeit $30 bill because the $30 bill doesn't exist. But you need to be aware of the $100. Oh, that's painful. That's painful. And I know I say it before, but it's such a good metaphor. So you need to be aware of the favorite scene in your children. If they have been called by God to be a voice, to be prophets, probably they love lying, you know. <laughs> if they have been called to be providers, probably they love stealing. Just be close and start talking the opposite. If, if their words are so mean that they can tear your hearts apart, probably they have been called to be restorers, restorers and counselors and men and women of peace. So be aware of their favorite scene. You can ask yourself, what makes you sad? Because that things that makes you sad, when you're looking into the culture and there are certain things that makes you sad, that can be a clue of the things you have been called by God to restore, to heal. You know, not to be complaining, not to run away from, but to heal and restore. Those things that makes you angry, angry. They are not things for you to go and fight. They are things for you to go and correct. Correct. Try just to correct. You are there in order to do some defense of what is going on. And what are you passionate about? What really stirs your heart? Probably is giving you clues keys of the call, the passion, the talents that God has put in your heart. I want to ask the prayer team here in the front, please. You can be with us over here. Again, Kali, Teresa, thank you so much. If after this time, this message, you are asking yourself, or you are just considering yourself, I don't have a clue who I am. I've been walking in life, trying to do it good. Try to do, trying to do the best I can. That's okay. But today, there is a brighter light that is shining into you. And now you know that there is a different way to walk through life. Knowing who you are. Knowing why God gave you life for your purpose. And trying to commit with it. And it if that's you, it is so good to be with you today. And I just want to encourage you to come forward, come close to Kali or Teresa. They would love to pray for you. And uh, 
for the rest of us, just close our eyes. We are going to pray. I believe God is doing something beautiful here. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because we are not by chance. Our life is not an accident. <laughs> Dear Father, I just want to thank you because you saved my life. When my parents wanted to abort me and end up with my life, even in the womb, you gave me the chance to be here and preach your name in many nations. And today here, and you have telling me which is my purpose, my call. I am a burning bush, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I get the opportunity to be your hammer and being used by you in a tender way in different cities. And I just want to believe the same things for my brothers and sisters. If there is anyone walking in darkness, if there is anyone walking without a purpose, if there is anyone running away from your presence because they don't know who they are or what they have been called for, I just believe, Holy Spirit, that you can start touching their hearts and talking to them identity, destiny, purpose, and encourage them to be committed with it. Because it is worth it. It is worth it. To give our lives fully committed to you and your purposes. You know us. You know what we were needed. <laughs> you know it. If that's you, just raise up your hands. A little, a little moment into the sky. Just receive from the Lord in this moment. Father, thank you for a heavenly touch. Thank you for changing destinies. Thank you for stirring up hearts. Thank you for bringing, Father, fire and peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.